y'all welcome back to a new episode of bed talks we are excited to have a guest you know we feel it's really important during this time that we continue to motivate inspire and help people um, we this is definitely a unprecedented time i think that is the best way to term it uh, dealing with COVID 19 but i think it's also given us an opportunity to take a step back and reflect right on what is important it becomes really clear where the priorities lie when you have lots of time to think about things and you have limited time to be distracted by other things. So welcome back to the show, everyone. Good afternoon, good evening, and good morning to all you Bed Talk podcast listeners out there. And as Eno just stated, uh, we're bringing some special programs with some special uh, individuals uh, that we're interviewing um, during this uh, peculiar time in, uh, in our lives. Yeah, so we are excited to have Corinne Pettigrew of Zoe Goals and Beyond Beyond Blind Spots. Welcome to the show. Thank you. So yeah. happy to be here. Yes, we are so excited to have you here. So excited to share uh, some of the really inspiring things you've been able to do. And I think we should just start off by uh, giving our listeners a little bit of background about who you are, Corinne, as, as a person first before we get into all the great entrepreneurship that you've been uh, doing. Yeah, sure. I um, It's always an interesting question, like, who are you? And I like to start by saying, you know, my, me, my essence is about uplifting and inspiring and to be uh, creative and to express that creativity. And the truth is I bring that into everything that I do. So first and foremost, I consider myself an uplifter. And... Um, and, and as a mom and a passionate entrepreneur, uh, I just bring those elements into everything that I do and, and every place that I go. So um, my friends sometimes laugh at me because I'm always doing what I say. I call it a turning the kaleidoscope, which is about that means like same elements seen from a different angle give you a different picture. And that in every situation, you know, just depending on which angle you're taking on that situation, you're going to see or receive something different. So something comes at you and it feels like low vibration or it feels negative, turn a kaleidoscope. You know, everything is done for me, not just to me. So I need to see, I need to see, I need to see what um, what is in this thing that's happening, how it's for me, what am I learning, what can I take away? And sometimes people tease me. They're like, oh, you're such a, like, like a Mary Poppins or whatever. Yeah. But no, it's just, it's kind of who, it's who I am, you know, and that, uh, that has served me well, actually. Yeah, I think there's a couple of things you said that I really like. I like the kaleidoscope uh, analogy because I think sometimes we get mired into habit because it's habit and it's comfortable for us. Mm -hmm. But I think mm -hmm. life is never really lived or are really fulfilled to the fullest unless you are constantly adjusting and seeing how to do things different and looking at things from a different light. So I like that they compare you to Mary Poppins because I went to see the Mary Poppins Broadway show and one thing I didn't pick up as a kid, she was a little snarky, but she was very, she was very like pragmatic and fun too. And you appreciated mm -hmm. her honesty, but as a kid, you didn't, you know, you didn't pick up cause you just kind of paid attention to the umbrellas and the songs. But when I watched the Broadway show, I'm like, she was kind of really funny and pragmatic about life so I like that analogy well, yeah and she always knew right she seemed to know mm -hmm. that that the that where she was going was going to lead them to something more profound right exactly so yeah beautiful yep 
And you know, you talked about being a mom. Um, so do you have uh, children? Or uh, tell us a little bit about that, your, I, your journey of being a mom and then becoming an entrepreneur and how they tie together. Yeah, I have actually grown humans now. Um, <laughs> 22 and 24. And um, they're still the you know, loves of my life. But yeah, they are they're big people out in the world. Actually, both have now finished college and are working and um, discovering, you know, what's true for them. Hmm. And it's been very interesting to see them in both in corporate roles, like beginning to see like, ooh, no, I don't like that part so much, or like, yeah, I really like this. So it's it's been really fun and kind of interesting and hard for me to believe that. Like, I've got kids that old. <laughs> yeah. Now, which one, I'm very curious, I know you love both of them equally, which one tends to grab hold to mama uh, a little more than the other, if that's, if, if there's such a thing? Oh, I, you know what, I would actually say my son, probably. Okay. Yeah, that's probably true. My daughter was the oldest, she's 24, she'll be 25 next month, and uh she's always been independent and like you know she was on a people people 30-day tour to australia new zealand and Fiji at 12. wow you know so she's yeah she's my like out there girl i have a daughter like yeah she's your world traveler right no fear mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so and and he's the one that more often seems to seek kind of my thoughts and my um my point of view on things um, and has historically been a little less of a of a like world when you get out there, but now I'm starting to feel like you know what I think I'm kind of ready to be out in the world. So blooming at different speeds. That's all. Yeah, you know one of the things that you and I and Kay had talked about previous to us recording the show is about this is an interesting time for relationships, right? There are definitely some people that are spending a lot more time with their significant other or spouse than they normally would be because of COVID-19 and some of the parameters that have been put in place. So as being a woman who's been very, you know, fulfilled in your career and in your entrepreneurship, I should say, um, and haven't been in a relationship before, what, you know, what advice and being married before for many years, like what advice would you have for people, especially for people who may be struggling a little bit? Um, with how they're feeling about their significant other, or maybe there's bigger issues arising because there's more time, mm. to, you know, to see those issues. Wow. Uh, hmm. I'm just trying to figure out where where best to start. Um, well, there's there's a couple of things, and one is to recognize that um, these are. Un, like you said, unprecedented, uncommon circumstances. And that if something comes up, you know, and it's like the elephant that's in the room, to hopefully have the courage to try to figure out and express what that is. But you can do that with ground rules before you jump in, right? You can, um, you can agree to be willing to listen. And again, it takes... You know, the thing about relationships is that it really takes both partners to be willing to um, be respectful and honor the other person and to fight through their own filters um, to hear what the other person is actually having to say. 
and and I we may have we may have talked about this um, briefly before, but I think the biggest culprit is um, how we hear things that leads to miscommunication in relationships. And I, I will tell you that um, the five love languages was a like a it was like somebody set off a nuclear bomb in my mind when I read that book because it suddenly made sense to me, you know, um, why there could be such miscommunication when the intention was not that, you know, and it's how we hear things, how things land for us, the filters through which we're receiving and interpreting information. One partner may not at all intended for something to land in what sounded like a mean or harsh way but it was received that way because of conditioning, how we were raised, our own insecurities, things that we are more secure about. So, you know, having some understanding of how the other person needs to be seen and loved to me is a huge opportunity because it can help you navigate the, um, you know, those conversations, navigate those conversations in a way that makes it easier to hear. So if you're in a situation and there are things that are coming up, like just try to understand, give the other person the benefit of the doubt right now and be willing to listen. And then order that book on Kindle. <laughs> so that you can, you know, better understand. I kid you not, like, no, I read. It is, it yeah, that book is really a good book. I I wrote a book and I referenced that book because it it did make things so crystal clear. You're so right. Like how you perceive something is so based on like how you were raised, what you've seen modeled in front of you, what you've grown up, and then there's just certain things that are more important to you. Uh, you know within those love languages that may not always be on the other side of your relationship and you said something else that was pretty interesting when you talked about the fact that you got to lean into the giving your significant other the benefit of the doubt i think when you're in the early stages of being in love with someone and falling in love with them you you go from the positive you always assume is mostly positive yeah. but when you yeah. get into the relationship for some reason things shift you start to see each other's imperfections is much more easier to lean into well maybe they did that on purpose or they're trying to hurt me and me and Kay were just having this conversation the other day that sometimes like you could say something and once it leaves your mouth because he had said something to me and he's like as soon as it left my mouth I was like oh that did not come out right and I think just acknowledging <laughs> it and saying it is like it, it gives you more trust, right, in your in your partner that they're not trying to say. Well, I can actually say this, uh, Ms. Karen. Um, it, it's almost like the bow and arrow concept. Um, I had pulled back uh, the actual bow, and once the arrow was released, it was like, "Oops, that did not uh, shoot the way I wanted it to shoot." Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. you know, you can't retract uh, the arrow back, but what you can do is is try to explain. Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to shoot the arrow that way. Right. You know, so right. we, we we came to the realization she still didn't like it, but I, I wanted <laughs> her to know it really did not intend to uh to to come out that you know in that manner or I, in that I way. just appreciate that he acknowledged it like I, I'm much yeah, more mature I've been married before I'm divorced and it's like I just appreciated that he acknowledged it and I have more you know you have more life experiences you start to realize we're all human and I mean we barely a lot of us know ourselves so when we're with someone else assuming that they're going to understand every reason of why you're coming to them a certain way or communicating a certain way it's just not it's not feasible not fair. Yeah, and, and it's huge. Again, you guys have, have 
either done some of your own internal work, you know, and you made a decision somewhere that you were going to be mindful and aware for how you were coming to each other. And that's why you were able to catch yourself, okay? And say, <laughs> you know what? Actually, I heard how that came out of my mouth, but that's not really... And that's that intentionality that was talking about. You have to intend mm. to want to be clear and vulnerable and like that it's always... It's uh, I have this uh, intention bracelet that I stamped and it says truth and love, mm. right? And what I mean by that is my intention is to always give truth, my truth, whatever the truth is for me, but I'm going to wrap that up in love. I'm going to always try to come through my heart with whatever that message is that I'm trying to share. And there's sometimes when it doesn't land the way I want it to, but I might catch myself like UK because of my intention. Right. Right. So right. if you've set the intention up front, often you'll be able to see and that's a level of personal awareness that unfortunately not everybody has stepped into. They may not, but it's a beautiful thing if you make that decision together that you're gonna you know, you're gonna try to always honor that. And I learned a long, long time ago, I was young and I was really mad. I was probably eleven and a, a friend of mine was supposed to come by and that was in the day when we didn't have cell phones. The only way to communicate was by snail mail or like the landline <laughs> and the landline could actually be busy. Yes, like, that's true. Remember call waiting when they oh, get man. call waiting, people oh. were like, Oh, I can click <laughs> over. <laughs> yeah. This was pre call waiting. That oh, wow. Saying. And, um, it wasn't too much later, probably by the time I was 13 and we had it, but, and I was so mad at her because I hadn't heard from her. She was supposed to come. We had something to do. And I had this attitude. I was like, you know what? And I went in on her. And then she was like, I couldn't. I couldn't get there. Couldn't call. Something happened with my grandmother. Like her grandmother had taken really ill. They had to take her to the hospital. I never forgot it. I never forgot that. I felt so badly um, for jumping in on her. And ever since that time, I've always been one to try to understand and to always ask first. If somebody doesn't show up the way I might have expected them to, I will always ask, did something happen? Is everything okay? Are you okay? Before I make that assumption. And so that, that benefit of the doubt thing is real. It's like, let me just give you an opportunity to explain. That thing bothered me, but before I go into that space, let me find out if you're okay. If something happened that might have changed, you know, what was supposed to be or how that came out of your mouth, like somebody snarking at me, it's like, Ooh, you all right? Cause mm -hmm. that's a little, you know, that's a little sharp, you know? So you just, you never know. Yeah, and a lot of times when people are reacting a certain way, we do personalize it. And I love the book, The Four Agreements, because- yeah. It's like never assume it's, it's about yeah. you. It's a lot of times it's not about you. You just never know what challenges people have going on in their lives. So they just, you That's become the exactly outlet. exactly right. Mm -hmm. And it usually isn't. You know, somebody, somebody yelling, somebody raging, somebody coming at you in a low vibration is really them saying to you in some way, I don't know how to express myself right now. Mm -hmm. 
and the only way I can do it is in this kind of tantrum-y way. So there's something going on usually, and it's probably not really about you at all. Yeah. And I think, you know, if people are listening to the show, uh, you know, just a little background about Corinne is that, you know, she was married for 23 years. She had to go through a second phase of rediscovering herself. And I want you to kind of talk about that and get into Zoe goals and and your also your business uh, beyond blind spots to talk about how you kind of found a way to repurpose your journey. Um, I think that would be helpful to people because I think sometimes when things end suddenly or you have an acrimonious ending to a marriage, right? Um, Because a lot of times, I know now we talk about conscious uncoupling where people intentionally try to separate in a more happier, harmonious method. You know, it doesn't always go that way initially. You know, divorce can be really devastating to people and not knowing like what the next phase of their life is gonna look like. That's totally outside of a lot of people's comfort zone. So can you take Mm -hmm. us through a little bit like of how you kind of figured out your next steps, you know, once you were going through some of the, you know, the the divorce um, from your ex-husband and kind of how that led you to your business endeavors and and talk a little bit more about that. Sure. You know, um, coming out of the divorce, I really felt like um, you have, you know, you have changed the trajectory kind of, you've, you've altered the trajectory of your life, Karen. And it was difficult for everybody involved. And, um, as a result of that though, I really challenged myself. You know, I said there were things that you felt like were missing for you before, um, that you weren't able to express and now you have a clean slate, what are you gonna do with it? And I really challenged myself to, uh, what does that look like? What is that going to be? How are you gonna be in the world now? And my kids were still in college. Um, So I was technically an empty nester. uh, And when you reach that place, suddenly single, empty nester, recently retired, any of those like kind of major transition places, um, you have an opportunity to choose. And I think people make one of two choices. They park, you know, they pull over to the side of the road and kind of park in their lives, or they make a decision to live into what I call is the magic that is the rest of your life, right? And so for me, you know, I just like, I was like, how far can my wings spread? And I resumed coaching. I did some consulting for um, a couple companies, um, always bringing my philosophy to the table, which is your work is meant to be an expression of who you are. And if you're an entrepreneur, your business be it a product or service, is a physical manifestation of you in the world. So you can't, they're like inextricably linked. You can't separate that as an entrepreneur, you know? And so uh, it's important that you be in full expression. A lot of the work that I do is about helping people to see the parts of themselves that aren't really clear, like puzzle pieces. You know, when you're going to work a puzzle and you think a puzzle piece is supposed to fit, and then you go to put it down and it fits on some of the edges, but the other edges don't really fit. 
And so I think a lot of us walk around in the world, like we're really clear about certain things about ourselves, but there are other things that are fuzzy or not exact. And so we're not in the world in our unique place. And I think we all have unique places to be. And that requires reclaiming parts of yourself that you may have denied, you may have been shamed out of you, you may have thought don't fit, there's no way they can fit. And so I started to really live my philosophy. And um, I was doing a lot more traveling, I mean, uh, and experiencing the world. And one of the one of the philosophies on the coaching side of the business is a thing I call your radical intersection. And that is this amazing place where your passions, your aspirations, um, the things that you're curious about, the, your callings, where that mashes up with physical attributes about you, your age, your sex, your orientation, your nationality, all of those things make unique ingredients. And when you reclaim the parts of yourself that you stuffed down or put away or thought didn't fit, you're in your most powerful place. That is that radical intersection. And I started to say to myself, well, if I'm in that space, what does that look like? And that challenge to myself gave birth to Zoe Goes. And Zoe Goes is a mashup of my love for travel and entrepreneurship and women's empowerment and, and, um, and design and just freedom, you know. And so sustainability and love of the earth, all of those things come together in that brand. And so... Coming out of the divorce, I really challenged myself to live on the edges of what I thought was possible. Hmm. And so now I've got, you know, I'm like, look, you cleared the deck. What are you going to do with it? And so that's kind of where I am now, you know, helping to teach other people to see what their unique soul's code is and how to, you know, make that more active in their lives and at the same time offering this this product to at this point women travelers to just be easy be you know a modern minimalist approach like stop stressing yourself and express yourself and explore the world you know and yourself in it and there's two things i want to touch base with you on before you like keep talking through your journey Number one, I, I'm curious what advice you would give to someone who's sitting in the same place you were before you started this business. Like they're right on the cusp of thinking, you know what, maybe I do need to go into this full-time entrepreneurship, but this idea, I mean, can I really realistically <laughs> make it um, doing this idea? I wanted you to talk through kind of the psychology you use to get yourself to where you are today with your concept. And then number two, I'm curious. You missed, you mentioned the, the the term was it soul code or source? Was it yeah, your soul your soul code. And I want you to kind of talk a little bit about that too. Yeah. So, um, it, for the person that's sitting trying to make the decision, I mean, I definitely have a point of view about how to approach it. And um, the first place is to really understand who they are, what animates you, what excites you, what, where do you lose yourself? And it's not just about the passions, it's about how you live in the world, like how you do what you do. 
Um, do you like to teach? Do you like to read? Do you like to crunch numbers? Like, what are those things? Because it's all um, critically important to understanding what your puzzle piece looks like. You know, it's critical to understand who your key audience is going to be. And when, when you start to express, like, who you are and what you love, and you can do that from your truth, not from the space of what people tell you you should do. Mm-hmm. So this is an exercise you need to do on your own. But from, like, gosh, if I was really going to tell the truth, you know, I want to live someplace else in the world. I actually don't want to be here. I don't, you know, whatever those truths are, you need to write those down because whatever you write down, the minute that you act in contrast to those things, it will, it's like um, slicing off a pound of flesh. And the reason why I say that a lot of us live that way, we try to deny, but guess what? It doesn't go anywhere. No, you cannot hide from your own truth. So the first thing is like, get in your truth. That's the very first thing because out of that, like I, the, the sequence that I follow in, on the coaching side is like that's that you piece. Get in your truth because that will reveal the second stage is your what. Your you tells you what you're supposed to be doing. And that what leads you to what I call your third stage, which is your who. That what tells you who your audience is. It tells you who needs to be on your team. It tells you who your evangelists will be. And only then do you move to the fourth stage, which is tactics. You don't, because so many entrepreneurs waste talent, time, and treasure shooting off in directions that are not true for them, that are not going to lead them to their ripest audience, and it's not going to allow them to operate in the things that only they can do well. And so my philosophy is like, do what you can do well, you hire out the rest, and that will help you be fed while you're feeding others. I like Does that. Does that make sense? That makes total sense. sense. Let's pause on that for a moment because I'm thinking this through and just thinking from the perspective of people. I always think it's, it's interesting to watch someone's journey. They always kind of come back to what they wanted to do a, a lot of times. Yes. And that's exactly true. And I think they were almost talked out of it many times along yep. the way. It, people said it couldn't happen. And I think yep. that's that's where your your tribe comes into to um, effect as well. The people you surround yourself with, because I think as you shift and think differently, you have to be around people who think differently. Um, otherwise, exactly right. otherwise people, they don't purposefully do it. They think they're protecting you, but they almost can derail you from that thing. Yeah. And then the second thought I was having was that when you're really in your truth, it's like it it's work, but it doesn't feel like work. It's just a different type of feeling behind it. And I've heard people talk about it like they're just in a zone or no matter what's happening around them, they just can go into that particular interest and they just get absorbed in it. Um, so yeah. I liked a lot of what you were saying. Kay, did you want to and add anything? I think anything? that, you know, even though people can't talk us out of our destiny, sometimes it's circumstances. I mean, you may have a dream to, to start uh, a particular venture, you know, off, but because of circumstances, be it because of bills, be it because of lifestyle, sometimes your circumstances, if you're not careful, can talk you out of the, you know, talk you so out how, of your vision. So how do you coach people in that scenario where they really have real life challenges, you know, that are kind of uh, barriers 
to them doing something they're trying to do. Do you, how do you coach that type of person, Corinne? Yeah, so um, in a situation where somebody says to me, look, I don't have the time, I can't work it in, let's just, we'll start with that, then we'll move to money and, you know, it's really time and money, typically, that are the issues. Um, you know, what you really want, we, if there's, if there's something I say all the time, it's like, it's never about the price of something, it's about the priority that thing is in a person's life. Hmm. And you see that all the time around people, where, why is it that we can have jeans that cost $12 and jeans that cost $1,500 when they're both indigo blue dyed cotton? Why, why is that? And, and why is it that some people will sacrifice to get those $1,500 jeans and maybe they are eating, you know, ramen all week? It's about the priority. It's, it's the priority something represents in your life. And sometimes that means other things have to go. And it's okay, right? Like what you decide is most important is your choice. That's cool. But don't be resentful. Mm. And, right? I, and I agree with you. Like, the, you know, when people really want something, I'm always amazed <laughs> at, the level of at the level of creativity they will figure out how to do or obtain something. Completely. But when it comes to like the investment in ourselves, sometimes we just don't put that same creativity or, act, or you know, activity behind it. It's very interesting with uh, the way we think. So if it's yeah. a goal of going on a cruise, a goal of losing weight, a goal of... <laughs> I don't know, getting that designer bag, people will literally project management it out <laughs> to figure out right. like, how to make it happen. But I just think like when you are able to really live in your purpose, it's just a lot of things that you think are important don't become as important. It really modifies your thinking in a different That's way. That's right. Yeah. And so mm -hmm. if, if, you know, if having things is more important to you when you could be saving money potentially, and this is not a judgment, it's an example towards the thing that you say you really want, that's the choice. That's all right. It's a choice you've made. That's totally fine. Mm -hmm. And what I've discovered, and I have to be honest, is when I'm clear on my intention, there's a Goethe couplet that says, like, um, once you decide, it's something to the effect of once you decide, the universe conspires to help you. Mm -hmm. It's amazing how, and there's a physiological relationship to this, too. When you decide that something is important, your frontal lobe begins to collect data to help support that idea or that concept. You'll start to notice things. You know, you'll start to collect the data that supports whatever that thing is. And of the other things, you'll, you'll notice less of other things, but that thing you've become focused on catches all your attention. Now, the sad thing is that works both ways. It works in the negative. I broke the side view car on my my I broke the side view mirror on my car one time. I was so mad because it's gonna be so expensive to replace. And then the same week I broke the other one. And then it felt like everywhere I looked I was noticing cars that have broken side view mirrors. And I did the incidence of broken side view mirrors suddenly go up. 
No. You just you you're it's no. like it's like when a woman is pregnant, we women joke about this. You notice every other pregnant woman, but then because Correct. because that's your world, but then when you're not pregnant, you totally forget about it again in a way. Um and yeah, and it's funny you say this story. It reminds me I have a friend who's a entrepreneur and he owns a business and he had an opportunity to work with someone and they said, well, we'll work with you, but you got to solve this $45,000 issue that you have with your company. So he said it was a pain for him because then he recognized he had this $45,000 issue. But then he was like, he started looking at it more from, okay, it's going to cost me X amount to fix this problem, but I'm glad it's uncovered now because it's going to open these other doors. So like you say, your brain literally will start to like get creative. Um, with Correct. the situation and look at it a lot differently. And you turn you turn the kaleidoscope and you know it's like we said earlier so if there's something that um, that you want you know and you don't have the treasure right now to just jump into it you open a Capital One 360 account and you shave $25 a paycheck off of it to you know, move towards it and you do your research, you have conversations with people, there's always something to do in support of your dream mm -hmm. besides just waiting for the money. You know, there's always something to do. You never know who you might meet that would let you, that might mentor you in their own business mm -hmm. related to the kind of business you want to open. And in the time while you're learning, right, you're still saving or accumulating. Or they might turn around and say, look, I'm ready to invest in you. It I is It is weird how that happens sometimes. Yeah, that does happen when people see you going towards a goal. I think you have to be in the goal, though, right? You have to be trying to demonstrate an action, you know, actions towards accomplishing something. And I think people who have businesses who have long-standing businesses appreciate that effort and they can see that grit you know when you're really into it so you're right you just never know what doors are gonna you, open yeah so you i want don't. you just have to stay true you have to stay true to that dream dream so i wanted to shift a little bit you talked about meeting people along the way so uh as an entrepreneur how has that like affected your dating life post-divorce how is that going uh -oh. <laughs> i had uh -oh. to go there <laughs> This is when she's at her best. <laughs> you know, as an entrepreneur, well, you know what? I, look, my entrepreneurship world is the world. I have more friends now all over the globe, like literally people I talk to weekly. So for me, it's been great because I'm out, I'm in the world, I'm seeing things, I'm at a different vibration. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's, uh, I think, you know, I think for anybody that's choosing entrepreneurship, you have to really check the assumptions that you are making about what that means. And if you're somebody who believes that, and it's, I'm not saying it's not hard work. I am not saying that, but there's a difference between like starting at eight, ending at eight but feeling like, wow, I really got a lot accomplished today. That was really fun. And like, it's feeling like drudgery. Mm -hmm. So regardless of the business, if you decide, and this is again, another one of those pillars in my philosophy, you cannot exclude things that animate you or make you happy from your life completely. You can't do it. You need to have things in your life even if you're in the midst of really starting a business, I'm like, who made that up? 
who said you cannot have fun things happening in your life at the same time that you're digging into starting your business? And the, the point I'll try to make is that I spent six weeks in Europe last, last summer working from working, you know, from anywhere, so to speak, while I was building this business. And I'm doing it this way because I want to use my own case study as the case study <laughs> to say, like, you get to decide. You get to decide. And if you decide it's going to be hard as hell and, you know, you got to, you know, you're going to be tired and you can't, then of course that is exactly what you're going to experience. Mm -hmm. But if you decide to test and say, like, I wonder, like, yeah, we're going to preserve date night no matter what. No matter what. And we're going to stop at this hour every day. And unless there's an emergency, we're out of here. You know, like, that's your choice. You get to design your business the way you want. And I think that's why some people that are entrepreneurs are so hardcore about it. Like, they work so hard to keep building because they like to have that power and that freedom and autonomy to design their yeah. life. Yeah. And so you you totally avoided my question. So I... <laughs> what about dating? What do you want to know specifically? I want to know specifically. Like, you talked about it a little bit, but I'm curious, like, do you... Being an entrepreneur, do you have to make... I mean, are you choosing differently? Because dating an entrepreneur is different than dating someone sometimes that has an eight to five, nine to five job. You, you, you know, things can change very suddenly. Um, your business could take up extra time. And I know, I like what you said, like it doesn't mean you can't still have fun or that you can't have dedicated date nights, but I'm just curious, like, are the attributes of who you look for in a mate, is it different being in the entrepreneurship's shoes versus when you may have had, a, you know, may have worked in a regular job, because you're very accomplished. I don't want to negate uh, Corinne's background. She's been in executive levels within um, very well-known organizations. She's very highly educated, has gone to really great uh, educational in institutions. But I'm just curious, like, was there a shift? Like, okay, now I have a business. This is like my baby, I'm building this. And then you meet someone. I mean, what attributes like become more important so that they kind of fit into what you're trying to do? Yeah, so the attributes have nothing to do with the kind of job they have, actually. Mm -hmm. You know, the attributes have more to do with how I, how I really need and want you to be with me. Meaning, um, in your truth, um, willing to be vulnerable, emotionally equipped <laughs> to be present. You know, mindful, encouraging, you know, um, just because I have done both the corporate thing for well over a decade, almost two, and then at this point, the entrepreneurship thing for well over a decade, I have lived in both worlds. And so if I meet somebody that's a corporate type, I'm going to look for the same attributes in the way they interact with me that I would look for somebody that's an entrepreneur. Now, if what you're asking is, is it possible that corporate types might not understand the entrepreneur's world? Yeah, that's totally possible. And that an entrepreneur, one entrepreneur might better understand another entrepreneur. That's totally possible too. But what's not going to work 
is if you're an entrepreneur and you don't have those some of those things I was just talking about, it's not going to work. It's so, also not going to work if you are a corporate type and you don't have like. Right. So it's not the type of work that they yeah, do. Yeah, and it's that's not what I was saying. It's the attributes they have, and right is correct. what you're saying. Yes. Okay. Yeah, and mm-hmm. and and the thing is, like, here's my world, and if that's not lining up for you, that's good. We need to know that. And if you can't, this is not feeling right for you. Okay, we need to know that. But I don't think it really has anything to do with what world you come from, as much as what is your attitude. You know, what's your outlook on on life? What is your outlook on the world, on humanity? You know, that I'm more interested in than necessarily like what you do nine to five. Well, I don't know if Elizabeth was uh, able to pull what she wanted to pull out of that answer, but I think uh, you gave it to her in, uh, in a clear, concise manner. Um, Ms. Karen, I, I have a question for you. Um, I'm really sitting back listening to you and Elizabeth just uh, pr- provide this this awesome dialogue. Um, but w- prior to the show start, we, we talked about Kronos and Kairos. And mm-hmm. I, I, I'm, I'm curious as to which spectrum you reside in. Um, and for, for you, you out there who are listening, uh, Kronos is pretty much just based on time, okay? Um, Kairos is, for my example, is based on quality. So when you look at both dynamics, which one do you lean more so towards? Um, The cookie cutter or the out of the box um, um, thinker? (laughs) I'm laughing because I'm thinking like, ooh, does he really have to ask that? (laughs) I've been been holding it in for the past 15 minutes. (laughs) I'm Kairos all day, all day, every day. But you know what? I, I also recognize that I live in a world that bases everything on Kronos, Hmm. right? So um, one of the things that I think I do really well is cross between the hemispheres of the brain, right? Between that left hemisphere of analytics and order and, you know, sequence, and then the right one of creativity and possibility and like expansion. And I realize that I have to walk between those two worlds. And, you know, there are, um, so while I create in one, I have to figure out how to bring that back into the other, so to speak. If I'm creating in Kairos, which is, I will add on to your um, definition as past, present, future, all kind of like no time and all time. Mm-hmm. It means possibility is endless. Like that's the space I want to create in, not necessarily in how something has historically been done, you know, just because, which to me is more chronos, more left hemisphere. One plus one is two. Well, that's generally true until one plus one is 11. And we don't know how to act because we don't know how to flex. We don't know how to go to and see that equation a little bit differently and come back and deal with it. So I hear flexibility, so, just mm-hmm. flexibility and openness to shift. Similar to what you said in the beginning, looking, turning the kaleidoscope, mm-hmm. <laughs> being able to mm-hmm. adjust. You know, as we wrap up the show, I definitely wanted you to uh, tell our audience a little bit about Zoe goals as well as beyond blind spots. So if you could describe those business ventures that you're involved in, 
um, how would you describe them to our audience and can you tell them how they can also find you and find out information about it? Oh, certainly. Uh, Zoe Goes is a uh, sustainable capsule collection. It's a line for women at this point. Six pieces that you mix and match to make multiple outfits and uh, they all come in a zippered luggage cube and the whole idea is to uh, ease and simplicity and modern minimalism but all the fabrics have um, really beautiful uh, technical attributes and they're all sustainable. I'm using bamboo and wool and uh, recycled poly which is typically um, recycled plastic bottles. Um, There's a wood pulp fiber called Tencel and while they sound like ouch itchy, they are some of the most comfortable and technically sophisticated uh, fabrics available today. Antimicrobial, um, no wrinkles, uh, moisture wicking, uh, odor resistant, things like that. Beautiful. And can you tell um, and the said, and can you tell the listeners? Um, I think you said that the pants you te- you test all of your clothing. Um, yeah. <laughs> and can you tell them like how long? Because I was impressed by this <laughs> about how like it was sweat resistant. I think you said the shirt, oh, the yeah. pants. So I um I slept in the pants for uh, ten days straight just to see. And every morning I would get up and there would be no wrinkles and they didn't smell, you know? And that's the whole point. Everything is machine washable. Everything in the line is machine washable. And um, I think that that, I mean, it's, that's that's the nature of the product. And what's interesting, you said earlier about how life circles back to when you were young. I went to college thinking I was going to be a marine biologist, and somewhere in my second semester, I changed my mind, but um, not second semester, second year, but look at how that's come back. Full circle. My like, love for the planet was really, it was there from the beginning. I mm. used to I used to trick-or-treat for UNICEF, that kind of thing. Oh, wow. And, <laughs> that's interesting. Um, and now, it's circled back, because they're, like... There are billions of tons of plastic being dumped in the oceans every year. And so this is my way of reconnecting with that part of myself. So it is a super interesting. Yeah, and I, you know, and, and one of the things I read that I wanted to share with you and Kay that I thought was pretty cool to, just today actually, is that this COVID-19 is actually giving Mother Earth a break. And so it is. all the pollution, mm-hmm. all the, you know, the, the jet fuel, everything that we do, all the extra plastic we're using that we don't need to use, right? All the hard resources is actually giving the Earth time to heal. So I thought that was another kind of positive way to look at it. And I thought you would appreciate that being that your clothes are built about built around the whole concept of sustainability. Yeah, well, we talked about our current moral situation being an opportunity to reset. It really is. Mm-hmm. Um, on the blind spots, beyond blind spots side of the business, um, I think I mentioned earlier, yeah, I help people to design or redesign their lives and their businesses using their soul code and um, to do that on their own terms. And so I work uh, really primarily on the front end of conceptualization or reconceptualizing the way an entrepreneur or person chooses to live or be in their businesses. Like, how can I be in the business in a way that 
feeds me while I'm feeding others. And so that's on that side. And um, their websites and social handles for both, uh, the Zoe Goes website is Zoe, Z-O-E, G-O-E-S dot com. And the uh, social handles are Zoe Goes Official. And um, on the blind spot side, it's Beyond Blind Spots with an S dot com. And uh, the social handles are Beyond Blind Spots. Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest. So we're out there. Come see us. Yes. Thank you for that. And I know you are working on developing some content. So if people go and sign up on Zoe Goals, right, they can Mm -hmm. actually get access to some of the things you're doing with the uh, Beyond Blind Spots uh, coaching endeavors as well. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. so thank you for that. Yeah. I think we need mm-hmm. I, we need more of that in the world right now. We really appreciate you taking time out to talk to us. We know this is a normal pod, uh, a little longer podcast than mm-hmm. normal, but we think it's important that we really um, create quality content. Yes, That's what Kay and I are really focused on doing for our audience, and you guys know that, which is why you keep coming back and. We appreciate that. We are most appreciative. And for our podcast listeners, I want to take a note um, from what Miss Karen said. You know, do what you do well and hire out the rest. I like that. <laughs> I like that too. It's true. Thank you so much for having me. Yes. So until next time, we're gonna uh, we'll be back with another show. I'm gonna encourage our listeners to remember to subscribe to future episodes of our podcast Bed Talks on the Anchor app iTunes, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. And until next time, XOXO.